Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Unspoken CBC Podcast. Um, first off, let me just go ahead and say sorry it's took us so long to get another episode out. It has been a very busy time in all of our lives with family and church, and but we're back now. Uh, Tyler, what we got to talk about today? Uh, before we get started, I also wanted to have a little uh, shout out to uh, Dee Dee Underwood. She... Um, Responding to the church website. So, okay, um, heck yeah. So thanks for supporting us, and uh, we really appreciate you listening. Um, and we encourage more people to listen as well and to add comments and bring ideas. That, Good comments. That, yeah, yeah. Clean, family-friendly yeah. Com- or, or comments. Or constructive criticism. I'm fine, to, I'm fine with that, too. Um, and but, you got to make requests, too. You know, if you got anything you'd like to hear us discuss or do a study on or talk about, by all means, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, we're we're very open to uh, different difficult conversations and stuff like that. That's the whole point of this is to um, kind of talk about that. So, um, for today's uh, topic, it's actually the beginning of a three part series um, that we're going to do, and we're talking about roles in the household and roles in church. Um, and more specifically, we're talking about uh, gender roles and authority roles as far as parents and children um, in the third part. But for this first part, we're going to talk mainly about men's roles in the church and men's roles in the household. Um, and I'll preface this by saying this isn't to put anybody down. This isn't right. to... Um, say men treat your wives however you want to treat your wives this is more of a growing mm-hmm. to be a better man yeah in you know in the household and as um as fathers to grow yourself and to talk about what the bible has to say about uh godly standards for men as well as godly standards for women mm-hmm. um and so we just wanted to dive into today uh the men and then uh, next podcast, we're going to talk about the women. And we're going to have podcast. two very special guests that will not be named. Y'all will find out <laughs> next episode. Yeah, so we'll have the men, then the women, and then we're going to have one on um, parents. Uh, and so... And Tyler, if I might add to that, too. Um, listen, I know a lot of these, you know, these topics that we're talking about is more, you know, controversial topics. Um, and this is in no way, shape, or form a biased platform. Um, you know, our heart's desire is just to bring glory to God and just, we're just wanting to dive deep in his truth. And especially in the world that we're living in today and the society that we, you know, that's around us, um, these topics here, you know, people kind of cringe at the thought of them, uh, but they're very, very important. And it's, it's very, very important to know these deep truths and stuff about the word. And so please don't take that anything that is said today as to be a biased opinion or like that. Every, everything that we're going to talk about today is directly out of the Word of God. And this is all really just to help us grow and mature spiritually in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like I said, today we're going to uh, focus primarily on men. And then <clears throat> we'll talk about other roles in um, our next two podcasts. Um, so we for, should have started this right after we did our Gay Pride episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. Um, Men, this is what you do not do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that goes with women, too. Uh, it goes with everybody in this world. <laughs> yeah. um, but when I was uh, working on the outline for this podcast, one thing that kind of triggered the thoughts were the stuff what we learned in, uh, in marriage counseling with Pastor Mike, where... Um, the man in the household needs to be the protector, the priest, and the provider. Um, and so I just kind of started out with those points and, um, you know, kind of dove into those and uh, found some scripture that 
you know, kind of enhance that. You know, it, it's very simple to say you should be the protector, priest, mm-hmm. and provider. It's very simple to say that. But, you know, it, there's a lot deeper meaning to that that you can that can be found in God's Word. Mm, absolutely. So I think we should really start on, you know, the priest factor of it. Just because, you know, as, you know, men, as husbands, as fathers, you know, we are going to answer for, you know, our whole family, our whole household is what we're going to have to answer to. Because if we are not upholding what we're supposed to be doing, God's going to ask us one day, why did you not make sure that your wife was saved? Why did you not make sure that your kids were saved and know the Lord? And you're going to say, I don't know. And that's not going to be a good enough answer. So the biggest thing that I think out of those three would probably be the priesthood out of all of it. Just because, I mean, literally, what is more important than making sure your family gets to heaven? I mean, in all reality, what is? Right. Um, you know, we talk about this Bible verse all the time, but Joshua 24, verse 15, mm-hmm. um, at the end of it, it says, As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. That's right. Um, and so... It, Joshua is making a statement right there saying, my whole house is going to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to do everything in my power for this household to stand on God's principles. Um, and, uh, well, and, one thing I'll go ahead and yeah. say. Oh, I'm sorry. I, oh, I was just going to say, and as, uh, as heads of house of the household, we are, to have that same standard mm-hmm. um, in our lives. Well, and that's that's um, kind of what I was going to say when you mentioned you know the head of the household. That I think that probably where a good point to kind of make to kind of introduce as an introductory into the protector, priest, and provider roles. I mean, every one of those are um, primary roles. Mm-hmm. They're you know they're authoritative roles, uh, and. They're roads of leadership. Uh, and it goes right back to the very beginning, you know, in, um, in Genesis. I mean, that's just, that's just God's design, mm-hmm. how he made, how he planned it, how he, you know, how he made it, uh, that, you know, the man is, I mean, they are, they were called for leadership. You know, they were mm-hmm. the, the, they were the head role. He made Adam first. Right. He did. He made Adam first. Um, and, you know, but, when you know, I mean, everybody knows the story. You know, Adam and Eve—they were given the one command. You know, not to eat of the, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, and you know, Satan appeared to Eve. She was deceived. Um, and since they disobeyed God's one command, I mean, there was a curse that was placed on mankind. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you and, know, and kind of add to that too. We were talking before the podcast about this. Uh, God gave the commandment to Adam. He didn't directly state it to Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's not what the Bible shows. Um, God explicitly saying, don't eat of it. He explicitly tells Adam, but he doesn't explicitly tell Eve. So in a way, it was almost like Adam's responsibility to provide that information mm-hmm. to Eve. Um, and so, like you said, I mean, that's that's an example of how he should have been a leader, you know, for yeah, giving right. her that information. And it's not like she didn't know it. We talked about that. Right, right. Um, but, it, but, yeah, I mean, it just, because of that, you know, it's just the curse that was placed on mankind, you know, for the woman, of course, you know, it is, thy desire shall be, it's, that's in chapter, Genesis three sixteen, you know, thy desire shall be to thy husband, he shall rule over thee. Um, and basically what that means is, you know, now because of the decision that you made, sin, mm-hmm. your marriage is now going to be marred with sin. There's sins going to be in your marriage. Your husband's not always going to do the right things. And we're going to, we're going to talk about that more mm-hmm. here later with this discussion that we had once again before the podcast. But, you know, there's going to be sin in your marriage, but even still, like you're going to be, you know, you're going to have to be submissive to your husband. Mm-hmm. With that being said, um, and then there's other scriptures in the Bible that I mean that, that even back that up, even in the New Testament, you know, in the gospel that we live by today, mm-hmm. in Ephesians five twenty three, the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. First uh, Corinthians eleven three, the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman uh, is the man. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, scripture backs that up multiple times. But with that being said, that does not mean uh, that does not um, 
give us the right to treat our wives right like a piece of property. Right. Because uh, let me just go ahead and clear the floor. A <clears throat> woman is not a piece of property that you just own, that you went to the grocery store and bought. That is not what a woman is. Well, it's. I mean, it talks, too, about you know how we should love our wives oh, the absolutely. way Christ loved right. the church. Yeah, and that's an agape love. That's that selfless, unconditional love that Christ had for us. You know, even though we've screwed up time and time and time again and still continue to screw up, he still loved us enough to come and die on the cross for us. Mm -hmm. That was that agape love, that unconditional, it doesn't matter what you did. You know, just like the thief on the cross, even though he screwed up, you know, he still, that same day, Jesus said, you know, this day you'll be with me in paradise because he forgave him mm -hmm. of what he did. So that's another thing too is, guys, your wives are going to screw up just like you're going to screw up. Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is, is how you react to that situation. But another thing, too, to add on to the um, part about, you know, loving your wives, you know, being the head of the household, going to the protector. If you notice in Ephesians chapter 5, that gives the example of what a godly husband should look like. If you look over in Ephesians chapter 6, where it describes the full armor of God, it not only tells you in Ephesians 5 how to love your wife, but in Ephesians chapter 6, how to protect your household mm -hmm. by putting on the whole armor of God so you can stand against the wiles of the devil. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's um, being a husband role, even though you are the authoritative, the, the authoritative figure. And when I say the authoritative figure, I mean, it's you ultimately, it's us as men ultimately is going to have to answer to God one mm -hmm. day for how, what you allow in your home, how you conduct your, your, your household, you know, it's, it's the man that's going to have to answer for that. Mm -hmm. But being the head of the household, as God has called us to be, does not give you a justifiable excuse to abuse your wife. No. And it's like y'all y'all mentioned, you know, we are to love and to honor our wives. Um, in First Peter uh, 3, verse 7, it says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, mm -hmm. as unto the weaker vessel, as and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Mm -hmm. I mean... That that I mean, you could in every point that we're going to talk about today, you could use that scripture. Oh, yeah. That scripture right there is saying, you know, you are to be the priest, the mm -hmm. provider, the protector. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what that's saying. But you and your wife are one. Mm -hmm. You know, even though you the, the final say so in the end, you know, for the greater good. I mean, it falls on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and your wife are one. I mean, the the reason woman is even called woman, mm -hmm. you know, is because she came out of the rib of the man. Yeah. You know, I mean, it even said, you know, in Genesis two twenty three, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out mm -hmm. of man. What was, what was it Noah said the other day when we were camping? Oh, I remember Lord. what it was. It was... Uh, the next time, when Noah finally gets on the podcast. <laughs> well, we're no, not talking I, about Noah of the Ark, by the way, just for... No, no, no. <laughs> no. Um, God, I would, I, Noah, Noah said something, he said... That's why a woman was taken out of the side and not from the foot. She's not to be stepped on. She's there. That's a good one. Yeah. I remember yeah. I rem I'm starting to remember that. Yeah, yeah. No, that was really um, good. But I'll tell you, though. He, he so, said a few more, too. It was like, I, I, I need to hear yeah, him say it again. But it was like. I mean, we can do a phone in right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know no, about that. Say, <laughs> no, what would you say like two weeks ago when we went camping, bro? But no, in all reality, though, so I'll just be flat out honest. You know, I can't do half the stuff that I do in ministry without Kelsey. I mean, I can't do it. I mean, if you look at it, you know, when God made Eve, he made Adam a help mate. Right. You know, he made him that helper because he couldn't do nothing on his own. Or he could, but he couldn't do as much on his own. I mean, literally, Kelsey helps me with the men's ministry, with, you know, getting ideas that we'll talk about for the podcast. You know, I mean, she helps me in more ways than I can ever imagine right. or even recognize most of the time. But also, the guy, the man... You know, we were just going on the three-piece provider, protector, and the priest. Mm -hmm. But another thing is the example mm -hmm. to your kids. Or, you know, even kids that, you know, don't have that father figure that you could be a father figure to somebody. You know, we're to be that example because if, you know, that kid looks up to you and you're just, you know, looking at some other woman across the church and eyeballing her, what's that kid going to get the impression of? <laughs> it's okay to check out other women across the church while you've got your wife standing right here, right? Or, you know, 
you know, going out and drinking a beer right after church or, you know, being the example, are you going to set the godly example or are you going to set the little g world godly example? That's exactly right. And I, I put on our notes right here that um, that men are to live the example. You know, you sh- men shouldn't expect their wives to live godly if they're not going to live godly, right? Mm-hmm. right? Men shouldn't expect their children to live godly if they're not going to live godly. Right. And I feel like in the world nowadays, too, um, you have so many people who are essentially given their children for others to mold you know Mm -hmm. they're they're releasing their power yep you know they're ceasing power to others Mm -hmm. and you know we talked about too um before um you know grow your kid in the lord you Mm -hmm. know and he won't depart from it Uh, same works the other way too (laughs) if they're growing up in another way yeah they're gonna go that way right rather than that way right but also, so what happens if, you know, or, you know, every situation is different. Let me just go ahead and clarify. Every situation is different. But what happens if, you know, daddy was never in church, but mama was, you know, raised in church and everything, even though the man's supposed to be the spiritual leader of the home. There's actually a lot of old beliefs that even though the man is not, you know, being the godly priest that he's called to be, the, the leader that he's called to be, the woman should still not be teaching their kids about Jesus, and that is honestly garbage mm-hmm. in well, the nicest way that I can put that's that. That's religion is what that is. Mm-hmm. And that's just, and that's, I mean, that's, the Bible specifically talks about, you know, studying to show thyself approved, you know, mm-hmm. that way you're able to rightfully divide the Word of God, you know, and that's a misinterpretation of Scripture mm-hmm. by all, you know, all the way. That's religion. It's both parents' duty to train mm-hmm. the child up. Yeah, you know, Even is. though it falls, the, the, <clears throat> in the end, it's the man that's going to have to answer for it, in, mm-hmm. you know. In the end, it's ultimately the mom and dad that oh, has yeah. to teach teach the child. You know, there is, and I and I say this, and I'm not justifying by all means. Um, you know, you know, any any man's, you know, falling wayward or nothing mm-hmm. like that. But if you really think about the pressures mm-hmm. that men feel in this life, you know, yeah. that maybe, and I'm not discrediting pressures that women may feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you really think about the pressures that men have on us, you know, that mm-hmm. women aren't necessarily going to, you know, <clears throat> being that we are the provider, mm-hmm. the priest, the protector, you know, that's a heavy weight. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, very heavy weight. There's a lot of pressure on us. There's a lot of eyes on us mm-hmm. and it's the weight that we, I mean, we have a lot of, you know, just, pressure on ourselves not to mess up because it's going to be so detrimental to us so many mm-hmm. other people you know some people honestly can't handle the pressure and they yeah. cave the pressure and it's easier um to turn away and just mm-hmm. you know start falling in the ways of the world um and really the only thing you can do about that honestly you know is to i mean uphold them in prayer mm-hmm. and you know the bible even specifically talks about that as well in First Peter, you know, I mean, uh, in my study, and I was reading an article that said, well, "But what if your husband? What if the husband is inadequate?" You know, talking about he's not fulfilling his role as a spiritual uh, spiritual leader. Um, you know, First Peter three verse one and two it says, "Likewise, likewise, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives." Yeah, and when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, um, so you know, should a wife, even though you're you don't carry the role of uh, priest, protector, provider, mm-hmm. as this in the same manner as which the man is called, should they sit back and wait for the man to step up? Absolutely not. No. They got to keep on going because they got a they got a duty still as well mm-hmm. to fulfill, and that is to bring glory to God. That's yeah. every one of our job is mm-hmm. to, to honor God in all things that you do. Uh, they still got that. They still got that responsibility whether the husband is or not. You know, your your children's mm-hmm. lives. You know, uh, lives depend on it. So if the dad's not doing his part, wives. Try to remain faithful. Pray for your husband and show mm-hmm. them the love of God so oh, that yeah. they wake and come back to Christ mm-hmm. through the love that you're showing them. Tyler, you got that video up? Yeah, I'm getting it. 
Yeah, we've actually got a... We weren't going to have a video today, but it just... We literally were talking about this video yeah. right before the podcast, and then I thought, ding, 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 dummy, just go ahead and play it. Is this the CT? Yeah, it's the oh, CT yeah. Talent oh, yeah. Center. I believe the reason many of us stay defeated is because you don't know the Bible. When Jesus fought the devil, he was God. But Jesus didn't fight the devil with his wisdom or his philosophy. He fought the devil with the word of God. And let me just preach it. Southern comfortable Sunday morning Christianity where you come to church on Sunday. The only time you ever open up your Bible is when I say turn to the book of Acts. <laughs> and you're going to end up in my office in a year and your marriage is falling apart and your kids are going crazy. Everything's upside down. And you're going to wonder why. That is because you never found a foundation in the Word of God. Hey, Daddy, if you don't get a hold of the Bible and the Bible gets inside of you, it ain't my job to teach your kids about Jesus. It's your job to teach your kids right. about Jesus. Mm -hmm. It ain't my job to fight the spiritual warfare of your home. It's your job to fight the spiritual warfare of your home. And so sadly, in this day and hour, we got a bunch of men whose wives are ten times more spiritual than the men are, and somehow we wonder why our home's been defeated when God chose the husband to be the high priest of the home, and you've been a little sissy, and you're playing on your PlayStation and looking at TV all night long, and your kids are going crazy, your money went funny, your marriage is going down the tube, and you ain't got enough sense to get on your knees, get in that Bible, and find out what God said for your marriage. It's time for the men to be men. And take the spiritual authority and pray the warfare off of your home, off of your family. If you don't pray for your kids, who's going to pray for your kids? If you don't fast for your babies, who's going to fast for your babies? Hogwash on coming here and letting me tell you what God said. You got a Bible. Get your nose in the Bible and start fighting the warfare like a good soldier of Christ. Somebody give God praise if you believe that this morning. That's good. That gets me fired up every yeah, single yeah. time. But so going back on, you know, on that video you know whenever he said you know you really never had a good firm foundation in the word of god you know i fully believe that you know look at it like a house foundation a foundation can crack a foundation can crumble and it can fall apart mm -hmm. but it's up to you know the owner of the house to figure out how can i fix that crack and i saw something too now that we're talking about this um i saw a statistic the other day that it said eight percent of avid churchgoers read their Bible. Eight percent? And do you wow. know what's classified as an avid churchgoer? What? Once a people month? People who come once a month. Holy cow. Eight percent of the people who come at least once a month read their read the, their Bible. My goodness. And, um, and so you start to see how Satan can easily creep into mm -hmm. families oh, yeah. if they're not founded on the Word of God. Well, I tell you, though, is that... Um, you know, it's it just dumbs it dumbfounds me that you know so many times you know people will you know well let me just go ahead and put it like this we've got a target on our back and people will not take a stand against it because you know in Ephesians you know chapter six it doesn't say grab that whole armor and get off the couch and go over there and whoop his rear end it never once said anything like that but it said to stand. Right. against the wiles of the devil. So what's that mean? That means by opening up the Bible, God's going to show you different ways that you can protect your house by standing against the devil. Not attacking, not going out into full-fledged war with him, but by standing mm -hmm. against him. And honestly, if you go back, what did Jesus say? We can use his name to protect ourselves against him, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that kind of goes, too, with provider as well. Mm -hmm. Because... Um, you know, as a provider, we're not supposed to just provide in monetary ways. Yeah. You know, being a provider is also emotionally and yeah. spiritually. You know, um, too many times people think, or men think, I've made my money for this household. I'll do whatever mm -hmm. the bleep I want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I. I provide, I put food on the table. Look, what you, you know. and Rachel do on your own. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I put food on the table, you know, um, and then they just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. They think that's their only responsibility yeah, they think as a provider. Bringing home the bacon, essentially. Right. And, and it's so much more to that 
there's so much more to being a provider than just mm-hmm. bringing money to the table, you know. Um, Christ, the solid rock I stand on, the ground is sinking sand. It's, yep. That's and you know, the Bible blesses the man that trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord is, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. Yeah. Um, you know, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's uh, a man that is grounded in the Word of God is a true soldier of Christ and is equipped and anointed with the ability through the word of the scriptures and the truths of the word of God to be able to efficiently steer his family in the right path. Mm-hmm. You know, as a priest, as a provider, as a protector. Uh, you know, you're talking about I, I think we got into the provider role. Okay. That once again goes right back to the curse, mm-hmm. to the curse again. You know, I mean, um, you know, God gave God curse the serpent, the woman, and the man. Uh-huh. You know, and I love it, I, and I love this passage of scripture for a couple of reasons. One, because that was the first real true prophecy we saw in the curse of Satan. You know, I mean, he made that prophecy. There's going to be in between between. You know, the woman and her seed, and she's, he's talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to be nothing but be able to strike his hill, meaning that it's just a temporal pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's going to come with one crashing blow to your head. Yeah. You know, that was talking about Jesus overcoming, you know, and or Jesus bringing the victory over Satan's victory over Satan in the end. Um, and then, as we already talked about, you know, the woman, you're going to have, you're going to have, of course, pain and childbirth and stuff like that, but you're mm-hmm. also going to have a gonna be uh have to be submissive to your to your husband but for the for the man it was you basically saying unless you get out there and you work and sweat mm-hmm. you're not gonna eat mm-hmm. you know um you shall not eat uh, uh or curses the ground because of you you shall not um thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face mm-hmm. you shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken if you were dust for you are dust and to dust you shall return um you know it's that curse is placed on the man mm-hmm. you know as the man's right now granted we're living in a different day mm-hmm. you know we're living in a time where i mean just i mean it's crazy the way process happened it does it takes two mm-hmm. it yeah, takes it two does. now i mean mm-hmm. to be able to i mean to be able to live and get by and stuff you know uh but ultimately still the man <clears throat> you know his responsibility is to provide mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean be the sole provider that but right. that means you know to provide i mean yeah. it'd be wrong it, it, it means your wife working and you not staying at home and staying at home <laughs> playing video games all day that's obviously not or, okay you know or relying on the government's paycheck every month for you sitting on your quote-unquote handicapped self when there are other people out there that are actually hurt can't actually get off the couch because they physically can't because of you know, like, I'll take my father-in-law, for instance. He had six cracked vertebrae. He had multiple heart attacks, multiple strokes, and he still tried going to work, but they would not let him. But because they wouldn't let him, it took them over a year to get on disability for him. Yeah. And he was actually hurt and actually, you know, going through stuff, not just, I don't feel like working. I, I, well, I feel like we live... We we are we uh we have a false system that's in charge or you know a untrustworthy system that's in charge. Oh yeah, you but know. you know a man that well, don't work. Too, well, too on top of that, you know we have a system like you said that doesn't value godly principles. That's right? true. Um, you know they don't value the importance of hard work for a father. Mm-hmm. You know sometimes it's even subsidized for a father not to be in the household. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, many times, you know, people look to the system, but the system cannot help you as much as a nuclear family can. Right, <laughs> right. The system is is there in special cases. It shouldn't be the way, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. The way is to have a nuclear household. And we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. um, before you joined us full-time. But we we talked about how you know, the crime statistics and so many um, factors come into play right. whenever a father isn't in the household. Right. Um, 
Well, I mean, look at so going back on that, you know, basically breaking it down to men that don't work, don't eat. If, you know, say like, you know, you're a single dad, you know, you got two kids. If you ain't out there working, your kids are going to starve. Mm-hmm. It's essentially the southern right. term of saying that. First Timothy 5, 8. I mean, kind of sums it all up. If, if any provide not for his own, especially for those in his own house, mm-hmm. he has denied the faith. Uh, and is worse than an infidel. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, that's basically saying for a man that does not value his family and love his family enough to get out there and work and provide for his family, you are deemed as such as an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's is powerful. something that's that's very, very powerful. Yeah, it's it very, is. very powerful. That's a direct command, mm-hmm. you know, from God himself is to provide for your family. You know, and, and, and man, I'm, I mean, and... Let's just be real about it. It is. It's hard to do that now. Yeah, I mean, it, it really, it really is. And a lot of it's because of the system that you talked about. You know, that's slowly trying to creep in and destroy the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. You know, removing the parents' rights. Mm-hmm. You know, and just the broken system. You know, I mean, given the rights that we've so you know that we've worked for and everything, and to ones that you know that's that's just playing the system. You know, but but still, as a man, when it boils right down to it. Um, those are issues regardless. Those are that God will take care of that. You mm-hmm. honor God you yeah. know, and honor his word and his you know, his his commands for you, he's gonna take care of all that. Mm-hmm. You know, but a many man that does not have the decency and the character to do as God said and get out and provide for his family, you're considered as worse an unbeliever. Yeah. You know. And and it talks about that too in <clears throat> Ephesians. Well, this verse kind of Whenever I was reading this, that's kind of what I thought of. But in Ephesians five twenty nine, right after um, it says, "Men love their wives as uh, their own bodies," um, it says in verse twenty nine, "For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it." Mm-hmm. You're not going to let yourself starve. No, you know, right? And and if you're loving your wife as you're loving yourself, you should work. Yeah, <laughs> you should work so that your wife doesn't have to endure the, mm-hmm. that suffering, yeah. or your children don't have to endure that suffering. Um, you know, it goes back to as we were saying earlier. I mean, you and your wife are one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're a one. You know, you don't go look when you, you know, because I mean, he, you know, back back where he's talking about how the woman was created out of the rib of the man you know mm-hmm. and he called her that he she should be called woman because she was taken out of the man therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave into his wife and they shall be one flesh um i mean they're one and that goes back to show that's why we even i mean that's why we even do things the way we do them now mm-hmm. you know you get older you know you know and you have your family your mom and daddy take a back seat yeah you know and your number one priority next in line to god is your wife yeah you know uh you don't your dad, once you make that vow, you know, and for God this, honors. Sorry, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and the two shall be one. Absolutely. Flesh. That's yep. just a little bit later in that, that Abs- same right. set of verses in Ephesians chapter mm-hmm. 5. Look, when you, when you make that choice to get married, you are you are no longer your own. No, uh, you like you are no longer just in charge of yourself. Mm-hmm. Your days of going out, you know, having a night out on the town and doing stuff, you know, just you and your boys. Mm-hmm. Those days are done. Yeah, uh, the, there's no there's no leaving your wife at home, letting her tend to herself when you go out and have your fun, providing for yourself. You know, I'm now granted there's you know church things and stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that, but yeah. there's. You know, you are your number one priority next in line of God is to your wife to, mm-hmm. to make sure that she is taking care of her well being, being, you know, her desires, um, you know, are met, you know, her needs are met and stuff. Matter of fact, me, you know, I would much rather provide for my, for my wife and just go without, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and I honestly feel like that's how it should be. You yeah, know, your wife should. is your number one priority, mm-hmm. you know. That's why uh, I let Rachel have some of my fries whenever she tells me she doesn't <laughs> want anything. <laughs> um, that's because she put you on that. But in, in all reality, though, in all reality, and this is like a, a pride thing in a lot of men, too, is that they get, I get, not their feelings hurt, but they kind of feel like less of a man because their wife makes more money than them. That's not the case at all. 
like say like you know Nicole's a nurse. Yeah. You know she's what an RN, LPN. LPN. That's still nurse. You yeah. know she's gonna make big money. I mean, oh it, yeah, what, you, you living at large, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but they got three kids though. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But I mean, not, not yeah, not in today's time. Good or like not. if you know you were an engineer, or like Tyler, he's an engineer, and you know, you know, say like you know, this isn't actually what happens, but say Rachel worked at the Walmart, or say it was vice versa, she was the engineer and you worked at the Walmart. You're not less of a man because your wife makes more right. money. Than well, you. the first year me and Rachel were married, she made a lot more money than I did. Um, I worked two part-time jobs, um, but, but I was going also to going to school full-time yeah. too. And so um, it's there's so much more that needs to be brought to a marriage rather than just money. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. that's only a minute part yeah, of being is. a provider, like I said earlier. You know, you need to provide emotional and spiritual support right, as well. That's, right, that's exactly right. And a very good ear. Mm-hmm. A very good ear. I've learned that the hard way <laughs> because I wasn't I listening. And then I, I, I had to wring my ear out because I thought I was deaf for a minute. <laughs> but in, in all reality, though, I mean, one of the biggest things that, you know, us as men can do for our wives other than praying for them, you know, reading the Bible for them is just listening to them mm-hmm. because they do go through stuff, too. And that's another thing is that, you know, I will... And that's a form of providing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. That's a form of providing. You know, I mean, and you know, yeah, I go through, you know, I got my hard days. You know, I work 10, 12 hours a day, and especially in the summertime, it's 100, 110 degrees in the shop. But also at the same time, I'm going to put myself aside and listen to her day and, you know, what all she's been frustrated with and everything over saying about how my day, because I'm more concerned about how she is doing mentally, physically, and everything, right. rather than how my day's been. Right. And and like John said, that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you know, you, you hit it spot on, Tyler, when you said, you know, providing goes far beyond money. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know in, in today's time, I mean, the price is outrageous. Anybody that does not have a, a spouse, you know, or, or you know, a, a wife, that you know is trying to do this world on I feel for them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, I don't see how people that you know, unless you're just making, you know, you've got a, you know, a big degree that's making you, I mean, a lot of money. I don't see how a lot of people do it. You know, my wife, yeah, she is a nurse, but even if she wasn't a nurse, she's, she's bound to do better than me financially anyway because I'm a dummy. She's, <laughs> she's just, she's just brilliant. She's got so much smarts, you know. But you're right though, Tyler. It's a. Uh, being a provider means providing not just money thing. I think when it comes to being to the money part, if your wife is making this good enough money to sustain both of you, so you're taking that as an opportunity to sit around and play video games all day instead of actually getting out there and working, that's a problem. You need yep. to grow up. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a bad problem. That shows how little you value your mm-hmm. wife yep. and how haughty you have a spirit that you have and how highly you think of yourself. And, yep. and also, too, how like you said earlier, how weak of a relationship you have with yep. God is. Right. That's right. That's exactly right. But that going, you know, I mean, what you said just now, you know, providing other, other than just money, you know, I mean, going back to this verse, first Peter three, seven, uh, dwell with them according to knowledge, mm-hmm. giving honor to the wife as a weaker vessel and, you know, being heirs together in the grace of life, you know, that that right there listed several needs that you have to provide mm-hmm. as as a husband you have to provide protection mm-hmm. you know uh to them given that they are the weaker vessel you know you have to dwell with them according to the knowledge you know you have to be their spiritual advisor spiritual mm-hmm. counselor they need that giving honor to the wife you know yeah. loving her cherishing her mm-hmm. you know being that ear that listening mm-hmm. ear like you talked about you know there's so much more than just providing monetarily, oh, yeah, there you is. know, for your, for your wife, you know, but which kind of, I mean, it really kind of goes into, I guess, a protector role mm-hmm. too, you know, um, how would you, the, the Bible is not necessarily, I mean, it doesn't spoon feed it to you mm-hmm. the way some other verses would about, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible stance, God's stance on physically protecting, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, now, well, I mean, see, just, well, see, I'll, I'll look at it like this. You know, the Bible in Ephesians chapter 5 tells us to, you know, love our wives the way Christ loved the church, right? Right. 
what's the biggest thing Christ did for us? He laid down his life for us. He sacrificed his own life for the well-being of the church, you know, so that we can go to heaven one day. In a similar, not to say that we're supposed to put ourselves on a pedestal, but if we're trying to live the way Christ Mm -hmm. lived, we should be willing to sacrifice ourselves for our wives the way Christ sacrificed himself for the church. Mm -hmm. And that's that's kind of the main thing I had from Protector is... um, just sacrifice yeah Um, i mean that's what you know we should be doing anyways you know i mean we should be putting everything that we want to the side and putting everything that she wants and needs ahead of our own self and you can look at that in a physical sense too i mean mainly a physical sense in that you know say someone was to break into our house Mm -hmm. if i just let them come in and beat my wife and stuff like that and i didn't do anything does that show my love for her? No, no. Right. And you know, it's it's I'm sacrificing my body mm-hmm. to protect my right. life. Oh yeah. It goes, but this this also I mean it goes back to the beginning mm-hmm. as well. You know, you know in Genesis two fifteen, the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. Uh-huh. Um, dress it you know obviously to take care of the grounds and stuff like that, but to keep mm-hmm. it means to guard it. Yeah. You know to protect it. And stuff. So when he gave, you know, Adam Eve, you know, as a helpmate, you know, seeing that all the animals and everything mm-hmm. had a compa- had a counterpart, had a companion, you know, yeah. but Adam didn't, you know, placed her in that garden. Uh, he was to keep it. You know, he's to keep the garden. He's to keep everything that's in it. And as mm-hmm. I mean, her included. You know, and that all that goes back. I mean, that that's in relation to Psalm one twenty one, where it says, "Keepeth Israel." You know, he's talking about mm-hmm. guarding Israel and protecting Israel. It's basically to protect and to guard. Mm-hmm. You know, that was God's command, uh, at, to to Adam to be a protector. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, I mean that it goes back to like you saying, you know, your love for your wife. You know, your love for God is going to reflect in how mm-hmm. you how you treat your wife. You know, yeah, as is. protector. I mean. Well, going back to that keeping part, so, you know, we're supposed to keep his commandments, right? We're supposed to keep his commandments. So that could go into the example part of it. We're supposed to keep and protect his commandments because if you look at it, what's going on nowadays, they're trying to throw the Bible in the trash can, essentially. They're trying to do away with all of Christianity. So would that not be another form of, or another form of an example that we're supposed to set is to keep and guard mm-hmm. God's word and his commandments. Oh, you're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I haven't really thought about it that way. I mean, literally, it just popped into my head because, I mean, literally, I mean, we, the day is getting darker and darker by the minute, it feels like, in this place. I mean, it feels like, you know, that, you know, Satan is just inch by inch, acre by acre, you know, football field by football field taking over this entire world, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're like you you know, gave the statistic earlier, 8% of Christians, you know, that go to church once a month, read their Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, 8% ain't going to be able to stand. Yeah. At so least and, not like And And that, that. kind of goes, too, with men's roles in the church. Um, you know, it, it kind of coincides with what is the men's purpose in the mm-hmm. church? We talked about men's purpose in a household and in a family, um, but also men's roles in the church. And we talked about this a little bit before. One of the primary roles of men in the church is to create disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, men <clears throat> are to be there to learn so that they can set a godly standard yeah. for their family, so that they can set that firm foundation Mm -hmm. that you were talking about earlier yeah and that's another thing too is that's one of the most forgotten parts about christianity is that yeah you know the goal is to you know see people saved and you know not in the worship aspect of it you know we're supposed to you know you and me have had that conversation about we're supposed to gather together in one accord and worship our creator but you know we need to you know we need to be telling people about jesus well whenever you know people actually get saved we just leave them out to dry well, a lot of times. I will say this. You can't take care of anybody if you can't take care of yourself. Uh, yep. And as men, as we're supposed to be leaders, you mm-hmm. can't 
teach anybody something if you're not willing to be taught first. Yeah. You know, the number one priority, the first priority, the first step to anything, the first priority for the man in the church is to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, man, I'll be, I mean, I'll be completely honest. I don't see how people make it without the church. Mm-hmm. I really I really don't. You know, as you was, you was kind of starting to mention a minute ago, <clears throat> And this is this is kind of goes back to what C.T. Townsend said in that video, you know, where people rely on the church for their spiritual well-being. Uh-huh. You know, and you even hear people say all the time, you know, talking about somebody, a friend of theirs or whatever that needs to be saved, how there's like, well, I'm trying to get them to church. Look, it's not the church. Is, it's not the, the church is not Mm-mm. an evangelical ministry. No. Uh, granted, I mean, even Paul talked about this in First Corinthians, you know, there's going to be lost souls that come into the church, mm-hmm. you know, for a church our size. You know that runs mm-hmm. a, a consistent two hundred fifty you know people or more sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't tell me that every one of those people in that in place no. are going to be saved. Mm-hmm. You no. know, but the church ultimately it talks about in Hebrews forsaking not the assembly. You know, but uh, you know, exhorting one another and promoting the love and the good works. Mm-hmm. That's that is what that is saying is it is. You you got to come and meet with the body uh, the body of Christ, your brothers and sisters, all right, uniting and worshiping together and being encouraged and lifted up by each other as you do. So that's mm-hmm. that is the purpose of the church. If you're not there to do that, you are not that like, you can't in order. You I mean you can't disciple anybody there mm-hmm. if you're not there. Right. You know. So people that come once a month or look for any reason, any excuse, you know, not to make it, not to come, I mean, or, you know, or missing, missing, you know, church for whatever reason, just leisurely, Mm -hmm. eight weeks out of 12, Mm -hmm. you know, you're slipping Mm -hmm. as your manly role role of the church. Yeah. In the church. Your manly duty of the church. Uh, When you're allowing extracurricular activity and leisure purposes uh, as a justifiable excuse to miss church, the damage that you're doing as high priest even in your home. Mm -hmm. And that's a topic that we really haven't talked a whole lot as far as the priesthood in the home, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what you're telling your kids is that, son, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's okay to go and and play ball or to go and to do this. Yeah, it's okay to go, you know, that's more important to God. That's more important. Now, granted. Yeah, at the same time, too, you have some people that come to not, who you have some people that come to church not to grow closer to God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what church is for is to grow closer to God and to develop that relationship, to learn, you know, to hear preaching, sound preaching, and Mm -hmm. to learn about God. You have some people, mm-hmm. and men do this as well as women, they come to fraternize. They don't mm-hmm. come. No, you're right. Yeah, you're exactly and, right. And, and a man specifically, you know, you look at the history of the church, you know, men, it was primarily for men so that they could take those sermons and bring them back exactly to their households. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And too many times men are relieving that responsibility from themselves because they're relying on the mother to do it. They're Mm -hmm. relying on Sunday school teacher to do it. They're relying on um, somebody else to teach their kids Uh where the men are getting laxed and not growing at all so that, you know, you don't have a godly father that's to the standard that God wants you to be. You're exactly right. I mean, going back to that, literally... In in the old days when you had you know it was all wooden wooden churches you know mm-hmm. wooden pews you know there was no sound systems or nothing nope. like that so the volume could not project from the front to the back as well mm-hmm. as it would here yeah you know in all churches today that actually have a sound system carried out mm-hmm. the men would sit up front mm-hmm. you know the men would, I mean this yeah, is statistical least, yeah. fact this is I mean this before. is this historical fact here yeah. the men would actually sit in the front of the church and leave the wives and the the kids mm-hmm. sitting towards the back because yeah. it was the if, even if the women couldn't hear it, mm-hmm. it was okay because the man that is head of the household that is the priest of their home, mm-hmm. they're the ones that needed to hear it so that they could carry it on to their wife and their children and their family and everything can continue those statutes right. uh, and those standards that are being taught mm-hmm. uh, throughout their daily lives and yeah. their weekly, monthly, yearly lives. You know. 
I heard uh, a friend of mine say this uh, a long time ago. Uh, you know, the church, the church gathering is a tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to be to go to church in order to be saved. Mm-hmm. Okay, and a, a friend of mine said, you know, yeah, you don't have, it's true, it's true, you don't have to go in this, to the church assembly in order to be saved. Right. But you also don't have to put on a parachute to jump out of an airplane. Right. You know, and as comical as that may be, there's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. The harder the fall. Yeah. You know, and there's so many parents, why, moms and dads included, that are so caught up and their kids want them kids their kids to be the perfect athlete want their kids to be the most popular want to be homecoming queen you know, homecoming yeah. king have all the friends in the world mm-hmm. they'll go out and let them kids their kids do all the all the wrong things with all the wrong people and everything just so they mm-hmm. can get a little bit of a spotlight in this yeah. community that doesn't matter uh, 10 years down while their the line. kids are dying yeah. and going to hell later down the line right you know that's not the church's fault that's the dad's fault, mm-hmm. but hey, keeping them grounded around other Christian kids, mm-hmm. uh, other Christian people that's going to show love to them, mm-hmm. they're going to be swayed more by that than what they're going to be swayed by the what's in society now. Yeah, you know, and that that by by parents keeping their kid not not faithfully bringing their kids to church, the damage they're doing to their children and to their home is devastating, mm-hmm. and they're going to sit back one day. You mark my words. Because I can attest to this, mm-hmm. this is how Satan does. It gets in the gets in the house, mm-hmm. and most of the demise mm-hmm. of families, the downfall of families, start with Christian men, Christian families, exempting themselves yep. from the church gatherings. That's where it starts. Yeah. Okay. And if what's going to happen if church is not a priority to mom and dad? Mm-hmm. It's not even going to be an option to the child. And one day down the line, when the child has gone far astray mm-hmm. uh, and they're they're doing all the wrong things that that you know, and the parents are sad and wondering why did I go wrong, that's where you went wrong. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and we're definitely going to talk about that too in that third episode when we talk about right. you know parents and and mm-hmm. kids. Um, but yeah, I will I, say this though is that you know, you know, training well. This is in the third episode, but training your kids, you know, training your kids, you've got to be that example. So my thing is, you know, I work with all kinds of guys that say I will never step foot in a church again because, you know, they got hurt in church. I don't know there's, I don't know what happened, but they will not do it. But here's the thing is that, you know, there are people that have even never stepped in a church before. How can they believe in the one that they haven't heard? You know, that is also part of discipling. You know, and being that example of, you know, showing people how to lead people to the Lord as well. Right. Because, you know, you got to, don't get me wrong, witnessing is scary as all get out, especially really if you is, don't yeah. know the person. Yeah. But also at the same time, it is necessary because Jesus said, go unto all the world and preach to every creature. Right. And that goes to the next one. Um primary role of a man is to be the preacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. It explicitly says that in First Timothy chapter two verse twelve. Uh, do one of y'all have that, or do I need to look it up? Well, or, well I'm sorry, I didn't hear. I what just you blanked said, on you. What is, what? I, got, I got it right here. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Oh, okay. yeah, I actually did have that right here. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you probably did. Yeah, yeah, I do. Well, and you know, it's not necessarily preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like John. John just has the Great Commission. We are all that's that's all of our duty is to go and preach. You know, mm-hmm. and not necessarily. You know, that doesn't preaching doesn't mean being pastor. Mm-hmm. You know, pastor means you know you're actually being the the under shepherd. You know, next in line mm-hmm. the Holy yeah. Spirit. You yeah. know, over a flock, over assembly. You know, that goes along with the discipleship mm-hmm. aspect of what we're talking about. That's teaching the the statutes of God, teaching the standards that's taught in the Bible, uh, in order so we can go out there and disciple effectively and efficiently mm-hmm. to the lost and dying world on our on our daily lives. Um, preaching, though, necessarily, that that is the job of everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, loudly, you know, prophetically, you know, hacking or anything <laughs> like that, you know. But that just basically means, you know, in that sense, the word preach is, in other words, to witness. Yeah. You know. Witness or tell about. Or tell about, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that that's the job of everybody, you know. But as far as being like the pastor or yeah, playing the that, pastor yeah, role I mean. 
or the teacher role to a man mm -hmm. or, you know, a, a male, you know, that's above the age of accountability, you know, that is an authority role, mm -hmm. you know, and that verse says, you know, a woman is not to serve authority over man. Uh, that, those are jobs that were specifically appointed, you know, for men, mm -hmm. you know, as leaders of the church, you yep. know, is the pastorship, you know, pastor, elders, deacons, yep. you know, teachers, you know, of uh, another male. I mean, those mm -hmm. are for those are for men specifically. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that more, or a lot deeper into that in our next episode. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw it out there um, because that's explicitly a man's role <laughs> yeah. in the church. Um, God ordained the man to yep. be that, uh, to be the pastor. Didn't you bring that up in our first episode? Probably, I feel like you did. I don't know. <laughs> Which, golly, that's been a long time ago now. But, anyways, but... um. Oh, another thing, too, um, I wanted to talk about. Um, it's in First Timothy chapter 3. Uh, it's talking about deacons. Let me get to it real quick. Um, Do you find it yet? Yes. I like how you brought up about the fraternizing yeah. in the church, you know. Because a lot of people, a lot of people will do that. Fraternity is somebody that has to be appointed to the membership of that. Mm -hmm. You know, that means it's it's it excludes outsiders. Yep. You know, where you know the church, the true church is that's that's an open door for everybody. Yep. You know, it comes in the church gatherings, anyways. You know, mm -hmm. to the lost and dying. You know, or the same. I mean, that's open. The church gathering is for for everybody. It's yeah. Open, open door. Oh, it's somewhere. Okay. Do you find it again? Yeah, finally. It's in First Timothy chapter three, verse um, verse twelve. Let the deacons be husbands of one wife, ruling their children in their own houses well. <laughs> That's what we talked about before, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, every everything that we've talked about as far as because I know we put our main emphasis on the man's role in their home, uh -huh. mm -hmm. you know, in their marriage, in their household, as husband, as, you know, head of the household, as as parent. You know, I know that's what we, we focused on, but you cannot efficiently fulfill your duties inside the church if you can't efficiently fulfill your duties inside mm -hmm. your home. Mm -hmm. It that's starts exactly with home. God, God ordained the family before he did the church, mm -hmm. you know, and you cannot, I mean, it talks, I mean, this is another topic for another time, you know, and Titus and, and stuff, you know, where it talks specifically, you know, about the qualifications to be mm -hmm. a elder and a deacon, you know, yeah. qualifications to be a pastor mm -hmm. and all that stuff. I mean, that's a topic for a different time, but it all goes back to how you conduct your home. Yeah. To how you conduct mm -hmm. your household. So yeah, going and, back and, on the, you know, husband of one wife, is that, you know, cause I've heard two different sides of it. Is that husband of one wife period your whole life? Or one wife at a time. Well, I think honestly, job. there's a lot of people. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a lot of people that there's. A, I mean, there's people that interpret that different ways. Um, and I'll probably honestly, I mean, I'd probably leave it at that. But the way I interpret that, uh, and I'll and I'll tell you why I, I interpret. I mean, a lot of people believe that as. Um, the husband of one wife only, like mm -hmm. if you was to get divorced, that disqualify yeah. you. Um, I don't believe that yeah. just because that does contradict grace. Mm -hmm. um, say, for instance, um, you have, um, before you come to meet Christ, mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, abuse your wife. Yeah. Um, that ended in a divorce, you know, yeah. you had, you know, whatever, you know, you had a, had a marriage that uh, you closed. Yeah. Okay. Before you met Christ. And then mm -hmm. later down the line, you come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay. God freed you from your, from the penalty of sin, you know, washed you clean. You're now a new creature in Christ. Does that past sin disqualify you from service to the Lord? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. And if it does, then it completely contradicts everything that we know. I was fixing to say, you, know. you wouldn't have pastors, you wouldn't have any deacons at all, no elders, no teachers, nobody. There's not really, um, that, that it doesn't really 
it's not really cut and dry. Like they don't really spoon feed exactly what it means by that. But to me, when you read that, it could easily mean, you know, in a literal sense, yeah. the husband of one wife. You can't be a polygamist. Yeah, you, know, you can't. And have, that's that's the way that know, I've seen that's, it. That's the way I interpret it. Yeah, but um, the the topic of divorce is, you know. Uh, I think God honors the marriage the same as He honors His marriage to the bride, which mm-hmm. is His, you know, is the redeemed, His yeah. the church, um, and that when you're when you're making a commitment to a woman, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or to a woman to a male, you know, and you're making that commitment in your uh, in marriage like that that's not just an oath that you're committing to each other but that's also an oath that you're committing to God mm-hmm. uh, and the Bible is very clear in both Old and New Testament the only grounds for divorce is for unfaithfulness mm-hmm. specifically fornication yep you know if if the husband or the wife either way you know if they were to commit fornication they would commit adultery with another uh, then the other one can justifiably walk out of that walk away from that mm-hmm. marriage and divorce that person but the woman that actually committed the act, mm. the one that actually committed the act, cannot. Yeah. You know, and if they do, then they are committing adultery again. They are causing the person that they have, mm-hmm. you know, then married to commit yep. adultery itself. Yep. Now, with that being said, I mean, that's really the only the only justifiable, justifiable exit from marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, grounds for divorce, you know, that the Bible teaches about. With that being said, there's other situations, you know, abuse. Yeah. Should would Do I feel like God would... Uh, would require a woman to keep herself in a in a harmful situation if the husband is abusing her physically, beating on her. Absolutely not. I no. can't. I can't see that. That also goes along with faithfulness. You know, yeah. the man being faithful uh, is not holding up to his oath that he committed to protecting her. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I believe honestly that I mean there's just there's forgiveness for every sin, mm-hmm. you know that's available for every sin and the if even if you were saved if you did uh, unjustifiably, you know, re, re, you know relinquish your your duties in your marriage you know and and walk away from your marriage, I believe that's something that mm-hmm. that needs repentance and I believe that that's something I mean, um, I would I would probably question somebody's you know, ability to be able to lead inside the church yeah. at that point in time. And, but it doesn't break reason, it down like that, though. You know, I mean, the, it's... And I know we kind of got in the weeds right there with, you know, the talk of divorce and stuff, but the only reason I really brought that verse up was to show that the deacons are to be leading their own house right, <laughs> right. in the way, um, in a godly manner. Um, right. Well... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> Y'all got? It. Is there any other topics? No. That, no well, I think let me pretty much sum sum that up. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just go ahead and um, read this verse. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Let me just tell you guys, let no man separate. That's talking about letting someone into your marriage, letting some addiction into your marriage, letting something that is going to tear you and your wife apart that Satan can use as a tool against you should not be brought into the picture whatsoever. But that also goes into being a priest, being the provider, and bring the, being the protector. All three of those assets can help protect against something that's going to tear you and your marriage apart. And, and overall, too, just leading. Mm-hmm. You know, leading yeah. in the way God wants you to lead. And yep. Hopefully, we were able to communicate that well tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I know we ran uh, pretty long-winded, I feel like, tonight, but... <laughs> well, that's an important topic to yes, discuss. Yeah. It needs to be broken down to yeah, the fullest, you know. I mean, especially well, well, what too. this world needs right now, more than anything, you know, other than just, you know, I mean, other than the Lord, I mean, is a few good men that's willing to step mm-hmm. up like they used to. Yeah. You know, and, the, I mean, our world's liking that mm-hmm. now, so it's, it's important that we discuss the role of a man, you yeah. know, because we, we need the men to step up, you know. But if y'all guys don't have anything else, um, I'll go ahead and pray us out. And um, thank you guys for listening. Lord, we are so grateful to be gathered together here tonight, Lord. Lord, we have felt your presence here tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray for each and every man and woman that is listening tonight, Lord. I ask that um, 
you would bless their home, that you would put a hedge of protection around their home, Lord. I ask that um, if there's anyone struggling out there tonight in their marriage or in their um, relationship with you, Lord, I ask that you would just show them how they can reform that marriage, how they can uh, improve their marriage or how they can improve their relationship, Lord. I ask that you would um, allow this podcast to be used for your glory and your glory only, Lord, because there's no reason that we should ever have anybody on this earth to do something for ourselves. Everything that we should do, Lord, would be should be to glorify you, Lord. And Lord, I want to thank you and praise you for all that you have done in my life and in my friends' lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Love you guys. I'm just a nobody. Trying to tell everybody All about science